Rusty Quill presents. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Mustard Mustard. Are your condiments lacking a potent punch? The kiddo's dog slathered in depressing dressing? Minerva's Mustard Mustard is the powerful spread developed from wartime technology straight to your family's table that will knock your guests back into the trenches and have them waving the white flag of surrender. Minerva's Spreads and Mustards. Save your regrets for tomorrow. Three blindfold matchbox men. Which one will you get? Teddy is smoking. Remy is sleeping. And Lenny is making a bet. But which blind man will give you a penny? Better ask Lenny. Better ask Lenny. Duncan's matches didn't rise to be the most popular match brand by accident. A vicious gang of toughs, the Duncan Union were warehouse men that worked the unsavory docks through the hard rains of many seasons. They had seized several warehouses and put several other companies out of business to corner the market in matches and now pencils across the city. The only other company that had a bigger presence was Minerva's, and even the Duncans knew it was better to have an easy truce than pick a fight with them. To market themselves, they invented three brothers, the Duncans, Teddy, Remy, and Lenny. As part of a rhyme they gave to an army of matchstick girls across the city to sing as they sold them on the street corners. The reference, who will give you a penny, is referring to a wooden penny, a wooden token coin inserted into the rare Lenny boxes and snugly taped to the inside so you couldn't tell if you had one just by shaking it. One wouldn't know until they unwrapped it to see which Duncan brother they got. Since Duncan's matches promoted a rough and tumble life filled with drinking and gambling, the wooden pennies became a device that could be used to stake a claim in any gambling game of chance. If you were out of regular money, you could use a Lenny penny to mean you were good for it, as a sort of IOU. They were rare and honored even some of the high-class gaming establishments. 
There were also penny arcades in certain areas that accepted the pennies to be used in fun games or to view kinetoscope movies or peep shows. Duncans didn't sell them separately, and you had to acquire them by chance. You were never allowed to sell them for money, but they could be traded and bartered for things of value. A sort of underworld currency that worked for things you didn't want to buy in daylight. The rhyme itself had made its way into everyday vernacular. If someone asked a question, the answer was probably dire, the worst thing possible. Then an appropriate answer would be, better ask Lenny. As in, did you hear that someone got sick? How are they? Better ask Lenny. It allowed you to say the nasty thing without saying it. If a situation was so awful there were no other words, then you might hear someone describe it as a whole lot of Lenny and Lisa. It had been a harrowing couple of days for Madame Viola, head of the Walker Fortune. Her prized peacock plum had been taken for ransom, and after her servant Pumble made the drop, was now awaiting his and the bird's safe return home. Mostly the bird. Her office was usually immaculate, but she was currently looking over a stack of empty egg phosphate glasses and in an enormous pile of matchboxes on the floor. They'd been unwrapped and pilfered for every possible Lenny Penny they could find. The ransom had demanded 100 of them on top of a modest bag of money. Pumble had scoured the city and even went direct to the warehouse to find them. They wouldn't sell them the pennies, but allowed them to buy a pallet of matchboxes, which they delivered in front of the brownstone, and Pumble rummaged through until he found them all. He had just found enough, and they prepared the drop for midday delivery as per the instructions. Cooper and Cornelia, her daughters, each held one of their mother's hands. She was disheveled and looked exhausted, having been up all night with worry. The normally well-put-together dame was still in her nightgown, hair a muss as she sat at her desk. Pumble had not returned. The doorbell rang. Inspector Bennett and Constable Hughes were out on the stoop. They'd been leading the search and popped by in the morning after Viola had placed the call. Cornelia helped her mother get some day clothes on while Cooper hurried downstairs to meet up with the inspector. She brought them into the parlor to wait until her mother was ready to receive. Cornelia showed them the ransom note. Bennett read it, and then handed it to Hughes to see if it sparked anything. Hughes rubbed his sideburns. Did you hear there was a ghost sighting last night on the pond? Do you think it's because you guys pulled that body out? Is it looking for its bones? How'd you know? Bennett asked. We work at the telegraph office. We hear everything. Viola entered the parlor, a little shaky but upright. Cornelia brought tea. Madam Viola, I'm sorry you paid this. Uh, if you'd given us a bit more time... Viola held up a hand to silence him. I just want my plum back safe. Hughes kept staring at the ransom note. What is it? Bennett asked. Hughes said, Nothing, sir. Just uh, strange to see two different handwritings on a note like this. I saw that. A hundred Lenny pennies. Was it much trouble? He asked Viola. Viola sighed and Cooper almost choked on her tea. <laughs> They led him up to the office to see the pile of 1,000 matchboxes left behind. Oh, Bennett said. Well, maybe you can donate them to a worthy cause. A hundred Lenny pennies is quite a lot. That's some gambling addiction someone has, said Cornelia. That little crumb, 
Hughes exclaimed. Everyone turned. He awkwardly looked at the ceiling. Anything to share, Constable? Viola asked. Um, sir, I really should patrol the park with all these malcontents about, he said. Bennett agreed. As soon as the two were clear of the house, Hughes grabbed him by the cuff. I think I have an idea. The rascal done this. Sir, come with me. And I'm going to give him a wallop if it's who I think it is. Hughes and Bennett walked briskly to the Nightshade Cafe. Hughes circled around in the back alley past the trash and rain gutter to a stack of empty crates and a set of slightly obscured loading doors to the cafe cellar. Various chalk graffiti decorated the brick. Hughes reached out to one with a painted skull, jiggled it, and slid it from the grout. Behind the brick, a key hung on a nail in the wall. He pulled the key out of the hole, placed it in the cellar lock, and gave it a turn. He then heaved the heavy door open to the smell of damp and onion. Hughes and Bennett made their way down the ladder into the Nightshade Cafe's cellar. Dry stores and preserves outlined on shelves, crates filled with produce lined the walls, casks filled with sherry and rows of racks, lively sounds from a distant corner. Hughes held up a hand and took the lead. He pulled out his blackjack kosh and slowly crept past the stacks. More murmurs and shouting from the corner. Hughes peeked around the corner to see Dominic squatting on the ground, playing a game of Knucklebones and Fulham. Wooden pennies anchored each section for bets. Chalk symbols outlined the walls around the game. Dominic had lit thick candles that were mostly burned down, dripping wax on the floor. Dominic stopped the game and looked up with his one milky white eye. Hughes and Bennett stepped into the light. Next to the game crouched a newsboy, flat cap on his head, oversized sweater bunched up and a fading black left eye. He saw the two cops and stood, and with a big missing tooth grin, he waved, his pockets bursting with wooden pennies. Hey, you fellas want to play some dice? At his feet, bundled in a small blanket, was a lounging peacock. Here was Plum, not giving any care to anyone else in the room, as it nibbled a stack of figs. Huey, he shouted as he waved at Hughes. Hughes at first looked relieved as it washed over him, and then his face turned to anger red. He wagged a pointed finger like a disappointed parent. I'm gonna skin you, he grabbed him by the sweater, the constable resisting the urge to give the kid a few licks. Bennett was at a loss, but was quickly putting the pieces together. Dominic and Shiner blackmailing Viola? Ahem, I think I can... A sharp voice came from behind Bennett. It startled Hughes, who whirled around without looking and flung his blackjack at the source. The blackjack smashed Pumble in the mouth and sent him sailing to a sack of potatoes with an oof. Pumble, arms at his sides, face down in potatoes, a flour sack of money spilled open at his feet. He mumbled into the sack. Bennett helped him up as he rubbed his head. Somebody start talking. Bennett said. Hughes retrieved Kosh and pointed a finger in Dominic's face. I thought we had an understanding. Dominic explained that they just asked him to set up a game, and if the kid could lay low down there for a while, 
He quickly grabbed his dice and tried to slip up the stairs. Everyone's coming to Needle Street until we get this sorted out, said Bennett. Pumble gathered his senses. I can explain. I wasn't trying to rob Madame. Madame Viola has memory issues. She has terrible nightmares. She wakes up violent. She's broken too many things, so go missing, and she just blames me. The other night, she came out of a nightmare and attacked Clem. In the morning, she doesn't remember anything. She controls the accounts, and so I don't have money from the housekeeping fund for her tincture. I thought I could get Plum time to heal up in secret and get enough to keep her in medicine for a while. I ran into Shiner here the morning of, and he agreed to help Plum lay low until he was healed up. Meanwhile, we'd get money for the medicine. I just needed the money. Shiner added his part to the ransom note to ruffle me. He glared at Shiner. Shiner piped up. You know how terrible it is to hang out in a damp cellar for days? I needed my end. And if word got out about her condition, her fortune would not be hers to control anymore. A voice came out of the shadows. Maisie the Curio, a girl in a black trilby and ash coat, walked into the candlelight. Pumble nodded, getting upset and near tears. Yes, he agreed. Do you believe in ghosts, Inspector? He looked at Bennett. Pumble here spotted a ghost last night. Didn't you? Pumble's shoulders fell. Oh, you saw that. The ghost? The ghost was Madame Viola. She had another nightmare. She was confused and wandered out on the ice with a ransom bag in her hand. I quickly got back inside and paid off the ghost hunters to not tell anyone. I, I just want this to be over. To go home with Plum and serve the lavenders. Bennett thought for a moment. He looked at Hughes. Okay. Here's the report. We saw some masked thugs accosting Pumble in the park. We chased them through the park, they dropped the bag as they fled, and we were able to recover the peacock and most of the money. Pumble, take just enough for Viola's medicine for now, and we'll figure something out for later. Shiner, you get one pocket full of pennies. The rest are coming in the bag. Dom, I guess we'll call it square since you had to clean up that awful mess from our search. He looked around the room. Everyone agreed? Everyone nodded. Two pocketfuls, Shiner asked. Hughes gave him a shake from his collar. Bennett looked at Maisie. How about you? You gonna drop the truth to the department or can you keep a secret? Maisie tipped her hat to look up at him. Oh, I love a good ghost story, he said. Maisie and Bennett stood outside Viola's brownstone. Bennett waved from the sidewalk as the bird was returned. What's so special about that thing anyway, he asked. Not sure. Rumor has it Plum can tell when someone is lying. Not better than I can. What good is a lie detector in a world where the truth is relative? Maisie shrugged. She pulled a pair of black gloves on her small hands. Hey, Bennett. Back in that cellar, 
You notice anything? Those sherry casks look familiar. Yeah. Like the missing one with the lock. You ever wonder what happened to that? Yeah. It's been bugging me. It's been bugging Mr. Fitz, too. You let me know if you see anything. He walked a few steps away and disappeared into a passing crowd. With Plum safely back at home and Pumble now armed with medicine, Shiner found and back to his usual antics, a set of old bones assumably put to rest. Is it fair to think that Enoch wasn't dangerous after all? That he wasn't lying? Frustrating thing about lies is how often they are incomplete. Like a disappointing story, there's a lack of fulfilling certainty. Lies are rarely ever thought through. Instead, they tend to be layered on top of each other like thin paper. Suffocating torture as each layer smothers. Getting away with lies may excite us, but yet as we touch the truth, it releases a powerful intoxicant. The truth has a tantalizing timber. You can feel it in your blood. It grows with intensity the more you reveal. Confessions are addictive, opening the floodgate to those deep truths that make us desire releasing all the stored indiscretions. Yet we rely on lies. It feels safer easier, the music pulling us out of our dens to dance in the gaslight. Keep the music playing. We're not quite done yet. Join us for the next episode of Celine.
Would you like a ticket to enjoy the revelry of Moon Knight's affair? Our Patreon is a place where you can see all the sordid savagery and indecent decadence of the mysteries of our fair city. Want some answers for once? Solve the mysteries and share never-before-heard stories, music, and spectacle. Come be a part of Moonlight Affair, Silent Treatment, and Selene with the other spirits again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.